Hey love, Ashley Han here, online branding and marketing strategist, entrepreneur, author, and coach, and welcome to a brand new special exclusive series of my show called Female on Fire, where I am taking you behind the scenes for the next 11 weeks with 11 incredible, powerful, successful, sexy, radiant females on fire. From spine-tingling pain-to-power stories, raw and real girl talk, to actionable tools, frameworks, and strategies that you can use in your own life, it is my intention that as you listen to each of these episodes, you will feel a spark light up inside of you and walk away feeling on fire. And just like the women in these episodes, it is time to radiate your unique beautiful and powerful flame out into this world. Let's dive in. Today's Female on Fire is one of the most powerful and respected female leaders in the transformational space. I'm sure you've heard her name and you've seen her videos. Maybe you've even been to one of her workshops. She is none other than Alexi Panos. Alexi was named as one of Forbes' top 11 women entrepreneurs, Inc. Magazine's top 10 entrepreneurs changing the world, one of Origin Magazine's top 100 creatives changing the world, and she's a featured expert in the films The Abundance Factor, Rise Up, and Age of the Entrepreneur. She's also a leadership and embodiment trainer in the Bridge Method workshops, which she has co-founded and developed alongside her husband, Preston Smiles, They together, I'm sure you guys have seen them all over social media. They are truly the embodiment and example of a conscious power couple. And we actually go and dive in in this episode into their relationship and the shadow parts of their relationship and how they've overcome and are still overcoming the challenges that arise in any relationship. Where this episode ended up going was definitely not what I had originally planned. And that's the beauty of this is I really just allow the women that come in this series to just flow wherever they need to go. And I am certain that where she is going is going to be perfect for you and land with you just what you need to hear today. I also realized partway through this episode with her that her and I are very much alike and her relationship with Preston sounds a lot like my relationship with Gerard. So it was really cool to jam out with her. We vibed so well and we touched on some very awesome, spicy, fun, and powerful topics. So without further ado, let's dive into it. Alexi, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to dive in deep with you on this episode. And before we do though, I really wanna just take a moment and acknowledge you and why I chose you as this, I believe, shining example of what it means to be a female on fire. Mm. And that's because A, first off, you're a total boss babe in your business. You really created such a powerful brand and name for yourself in this space. And it's so inspiring to see that. Um, And secondly, you're, you're also a goddess, you know, you're, you, you were able to go from that masculine of really running your business and knowing what it takes over there to then shifting over to this beautiful, uh, you know, goddess and really owning and expressing those divine parts of you as a woman. Right. Mm -hmm. And then 
Third, you're a humanitarian, you're a philanthropist, you're a giver, you, you really have devoted yourself to giving back in a big way to the communities and transforming this planet. And, um, and finally, you've, you have this conscious king by your side through all of this, and he's supporting you, and you guys really are you know, the definition of a conscious power couple. So. I, I just wanted Thank to start off with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. And I'm just so delighted to have you on and for, for the listeners to really experience you today and to gain some of your wisdom. Um, so thank you so, so much for, for giving of your time and your energy to come on the show today. Oh, of course. And, and I just want to like really take that in and receive that. Thank you so much for, for taking the time to do that. That's really special. Yes. And see, I want you to just, I want to take a moment for that. I was just reading a book. I'm reading a book right now, um, and it talks about graciously receiving. So mm. women who are listening right now, notice how Alexi just took all of that, right? Like I acknowledged, I complimented her, and she received it. She didn't deflect yeah. it. She didn't joke it off. Like she received it. So I was reading about um, that yesterday and how important that is for us as women to really receive that and own it. So you did that yeah. so graciously. And I, I want, I want the listeners to really see that because it can, it can be, you know, women, we like to kind of feel quote unquote humble and like, we're, you know, like we don't want to come off conceited, but it's really about ownership. So totally. I love that you said that. And I just yeah. want to take a moment for, for anyone listening. I was a terrible receiver for so many years. And this was something I worked on with a coach of mine forever. And she, she blatantly pointed out, she's like, I, I get that you think it's just here with compliments and, you know, people saying, oh, do you need help? And it's like, no, 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 I got it. She's like, but it is your money. It is your sex. It is your love. She's like, your ability to receive is all across the board. It doesn't stop in one area. And when I got that, I was like, oh my God, she's absolutely right. And the minute I started practicing graciously receiving, I was able to receive more wealth, more opportunities, more love, more abundance, more, you know, amazing sex, more amazing expression, like just everything exploded because my capacity to open exploded. And that was like a really big deal for me. Oh man, I can totally relate to that. I can totally relate to that. Um, I was a big deflector and I would get super <laughs> uncomfortable. I would get super uncomfortable, right? Like I'm yes. like, oh, stop talking. No, no. Yeah. You know what I mean? like, like, just don't say it. Just don't yeah. say it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Please no. But that it's so that's so true because um the other thing I just want to add to that is you're also giving back. Because when you're able to receive, you're allowing the other person to to have the gift of giving. Um, sure. You know, so it's like, like sure. we don't tell, we, we tell people, like, I told you what I told you in the beginning of this episode, because I wanted you to receive it. And I'm so happy that you did that made me happy, you know, and so it's yeah. like, it goes the, the fulfillment goes on both sides, which is yeah. really cool. And a lot of people oh, don't don't realize that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So okay, I, 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 this is the question that I feel called to ask you right now. I just I love um, I love what you've created in your uh, relationship. And I know so many women aspire to that, to having that. Yeah. What would you say is really the most important thing for the women listening right now to get to really understand, to embody in order to attract in that dream relationship, their dream man, their, their conscious king? 
such a good question. And I think I really only got this halfway through our relationship. <laughs> you know, like I think both Preston and I um, individually had done a lot of work on ourselves. And when we met, we were at a precipice of that work, you know, decades of work in and just really being a student of ourselves is a huge thing, first and foremost. But what I recognize really halfway into our relationship is that if I want a king, I have to be a queen. And I also have to treat him like a king and not treat him like a prince or like um, the jester, you know, the court jester. I needed to treat him like a king if I wanted to be treated like a queen. And there was a part where I recognized, I would say maybe like a year or two into us dating, where I was like, oh my gosh, every relationship I've had up to this point, I've kind of been the, the egotistical queen, right? If we're talking archetypes, where I'm, I'm the most elevated in the relationship. I'm the one that's kind of leading the charge. I'm the one that they look up to that's inspiring. And I did that very unconsciously, but unconsciously and very specifically so that I wouldn't get hurt, right? If I was always the inspiring one that's kind of leading the relationship, if, if they left or if they did something, it was like, Psh, all good. You know, it was like, I, I, I didn't have anything at stake. And with Preston, he and I both, part of us coming together was the great ego death. And he had it on his side as well. And we're both continuing to have it as well as we continue to evolve and deepen as parents and all the other things we do together. But that was the really big thing. It was like, oh, I want to be treated like a real queen, like really held, and I want a king next to me. I can't treat him like anything less than a king because we rise to the expectations set for us. Mm. And I really had to hold him to those expectations, but also hold myself to those expectations. I couldn't show up in my little wounded girl energy. I couldn't show up in the old manipulative things that used to work in my maidenship, right? I really had to step into like, how would a queen hold herself in this difficult challenge? How would she hold herself um, when faced with an opportunity to humble and surrender and open and soften? Mm. And that has been my greatest work in relationship. It always comes back to me, even if it's Preston, my husband who's showing up a particular way, it's always coming back to me. And I think we often, especially in the, in the conscious and spiritual world, we do this where we say, oh, well, my partner's just not as conscious or spiritual as I am. So I need to find somebody else who's woke like me and then everything will be fine. And it's like, no, you'll just keep repeating the same things mm. in new relationships until you get that it's here. And that work is never ending, my friends. <laughs> it's never ending. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like every, every year, Preston and I laugh because it's a new iteration of ourselves that we uncover. And, and then we have to get to know each other again. And that's really powerful as well. Yeah. And, I, and it's so true because a lot that, that it, I don't know if you've read the book Attached. Uh, oh, attachment theory. Okay. My favorite. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I like, worked with Stan Tacton. He's amazing. Oh, really? Okay. That's awesome. So yeah, it's a great book. Ladies, if you haven't read it, highly recommend. Um, yes. So dismissive avoidance. 
It's very common. If you are, you'll know if you're a dis dismissive avoidant, if that escapism in you is real. <laughs> like if you're like, you know, Pieces. yeah. All right. This isn't working. Peace. I'm out. You know? Out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that's so I, my unhealthy pattern, my shadow is the dismissive avoidant for sure. So if yeah. it like, if it starts to get rocky, I'm like, all right, I don't need this. I'm out like peace, you know? And, but I, but I love what you said because it's so true and so important for you guys to get is it you will keep ending up in that same loop and that yep. same loop until you deal with what's really going on with you it's not about them it's so easy to make it about them right it's for so sure and it's, it's the easiest scapegoat in the world because we can look at their behaviors their actions mm -hmm. how they're showing up how they're responding to us oh, and yeah. we go well that's wrong that's wrong that's wrong and they can do the same for us mm -hmm. but I, I heard who was it oh it was dr shafali do you know dr shafali no she's amazing so um She's kind of known in the conscious parenting space, but she's really about relationships and she's a psychologist and just incredible. She's got multiple books, but she was talking about intimacy with adults. She said, you know, we're, we're, what we're doing is we're coming together and we're going, hey, you're supposed to heal my childhood wounds. And he's going, hey, you're supposed to heal my childhood wounds. Mm -hmm. And we're doing this unconsciously and everything's great in the honeymoon period because in some ways, we are kind of filling those voids that showed up in our childhood. But when the masks come off and the needs really start to surface and we recognize, wait, I'm not here to fulfill your needs. You're here to fulfill my needs. That's when trouble happens because we go, whoa, 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 whoa. You need me to change? Well, I need you to change. Mm. And we're, then it becomes a transaction. And yep. that's been a thing that's really stuck out for me is like, this is not a transactional relationship, right? This is a relationship that is meant to build each of us into the most authentic and truest version of ourselves, which ultimately means the healing has to happen here. And if we can continue to commit to our individual healings together, yeah. we'll continue to walk that path together. Yeah. Now, if, if neither of us is on the same page and it's like, well, I'm committed and he's not, all right, well, maybe then we need to separate and do our own thing. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's what it is. Can you commit to your healing as an individual? Then and only then can you be in conscious partnership. Mm, so important. And girl, I'm just going to be super raw and vulnerable here. And with you and with you ladies listening, I have been so I went through this amazing you know honeymoon phase with Gerard oh my gosh sparks like crazy fireworks all the things romance yeah, all the things all the things <laughs> and we're at that point so when you're talking about that it's like hitting home for me because yeah. we are we are so similar Gerard and I it's actually nuts which I'm sure you could probably see the same thing with Preston like sure. very similar like wounding patterns very similar yeah. shadows and yeah. so when I see so I have shadows I'm on, and as we know, new levels, new devils, we'll always have yeah. shadows we're working through and the shadows that I'm still working through right now, he mirrors back those same shadows that I haven't accepted and healed yet yeah. in myself. So when I see it in him, I'm like, ugh, like <laughs> disgusting, <laughs> ugh, it's gross, you know, and I'm like, and I'm like, but I know where it's, and then I look back, I'm like, wait a minute, I do that same thing. Like. That's, yeah. that's me. And he's reflecting it back to me. And so my question to you is, is like in those moments when, and I'm sure girl, you know, like that trigger comes up, you like the, maybe the fire starting to build or whatever it is. And you like start to get, you know, you're maybe you're like clenching a little bit and you start to get oh, triggered. Yeah. What do yeah. you do? What have you learned to do in those moments? 
like yeah. in, that, in the triggered moment? Great question. First of all, I just want to acknowledge you for sharing that. Thank you. I so relate. I'm sure so many of your listeners can relate. That is relationship, right? It's like we attract people that directly need to okay. heal a part of ourselves through themselves. So it's like, of course. Yeah. Um, so what do I do when I get triggered? Well, the first thing I do, and I've learned this, it's so simple, but I have learned that this is the most effective technique is to breathe. <laughs> like actually just breathe because I do, I do somatic work. I'm a somatic coach among many other things. But one thing I've learned through doing somatic work is the body is the takeover mechanism, right? Like we can have yeah. all the mindset tools and have all the things and done all the courses and know the right thing to do and say, I don't know about you, but when, even if I know all the right things, but in the moment, all that goes out the window. Oh yeah, honey. <laughs> I'm like, I can be really conscious right now, but I'm going to say some shit that's going to mess it up real quick. <laughs> right? yes, like, so good. like it goes out the window. So yeah. I don't care how you can be a mindset ninja, mm -hmm. but if your body is not on board with that, yeah. you're screwed. You're screwed. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love somatic work so much because it truly is the thing that's the tipping point. It shifts everything. So we've got to breathe because what's happening when we get triggered is all of our conditioned tendencies, fight, flight, or freeze are coming up and going, okay, I'm either going to run or I'm going to freeze and I'm going to shut down or I'm going to lean in and fight harder. Our body is taking over from the reptilian brain, which mm -hmm. means your rational cognitive thinking is gone. You are white. So you need to create space in the brain and in the body by taking at least, at least 20 minutes of deep, relaxed breathing to reset your nervous system. Mm -hmm. This is a real scientifically proven thing. You need 20 minutes to do this reset. So let's say P and I are, are in an argument and we're both fiery. So you can imagine how explosive that can get very quickly, <laughs> right? Us too. <laughs> Oh my God. And so it's like, we always say if there were cameras on us, people would like just crack up at how terrible it's like a, a train wreck <laughs> that happens, right? If we don't do these things. Yeah. And so the tool is take a breath. I'll excuse myself from the room and say, Hey, listen, this doesn't seem to be going where I'd love it to go. So I'm going to take a break. I'll be back in 20 minutes and I'd love to, to finish this with love mm -hmm. and find a solution that works for both of us. So I'm letting him know I'm leaving, but not like, fuck you, I'm out and slam the door, right? I'm yeah. leaving from a loving place, even if I might be so mad and so triggered. I'll go to a separate space, I'll breathe. And in that time, this is not the time to ruminate over what that person did and what you're going to say and how they said this thing and you're going to say this thing back, which I've done that before. Yeah. That's not helpful, <laughs> right? This is the time for you to go, okay, what am I actually mad about? What am I actually triggered by? I'm, I'm triggered by this thing or how he said, or how this thing transpired. Okay, what's missing right now that, that that triggered? What's missing in me that there's a little hurt little girl inside me that's going, yeah. I'm scared, I don't feel safe, I don't feel acknowledged, I don't feel heard. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things, so what's missing? And then how can I bring that to him and make him a teammate in my healing? Mm. So maybe that sounds like, hey, babe, listen, I realized that when you raised your voice around me asking about the dishes, I got really triggered because I didn't feel like I've got you on my team. And I know it's not you. I know you probably had a long day and there's stuff that's going on in your life. But I really want to feel like we can together like find a space. So what do you need from me? 
What do you King. need from me, King, in order for that to not happen? Yeah. Maybe you need to de-stress for 30 minutes when you come home. Cool. Like, let him answer that. Instead of going, I need this from you, he's instantly on the defense because men's biggest fear is I'm not enough. I'm yeah. not doing enough. I'm not good enough. I, I can't please her because ladies, we are hard to please. Right? We are, we are hard to please, right? We, we're hard to please ourselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, we're critical of ourselves, let alone our partner. Right. We are the worst to yeah. ourselves. And now imagine a man trying to do his best to show yeah. up for you. It's, it's almost impossible. So when we come in and say, babe, what can I do for you so that we can move past this effectively and powerfully? And that's a really great way for him to instantly feel loved and supported. And like, you're there. And then he usually will go, well, is there anything you need from me? And then that's where the healing can take place. Mm, yeah, I like that. I like, so the, the question, it's similar, but it's different. I like what you said. What do you need from me or what can I do for you? Um, I, I don't remember what book I read this in now, but it was like asking, what do you think? Like, what do yeah. you think? Just again, putting it back to them so that they feel like, okay, now she's actually trusting me with what to do next. And they feel empowered yeah. to, to then step into their king, which you talked about earlier, right? Is, yeah. is giving them that opportunity to step into their king and, um, and be, and they are, men are solution-based. So they love it. <laughs> they love it. Love it. Yeah. They love it. And that's the thing. It's so subtle. You know, for any of you who heard the, the metaphor of those archetypes in the beginning, like, oh, well, of course I treat my man like a king. I don't treat him like a boy or a prince. And it's like, we do it in these subtle ways. We emasculate our men in these yeah. subtle, subtle ways by essentially saying, I don't like who you are, change. Mm -hmm. So who you are is not good. It, it doesn't make me feel safe, held, seen, loved, heard. And we're constantly trying to architect our men in these subtle ways, which is like mothering them, you know, and that's not sexy. You oh, instantly yeah. lose trust. Mm -hmm. And, and men go, well, sh I'm not good enough. Well, maybe I do need to change. And then eventually they get resentful and very bitter. So that's what I mean. Treating your man like a king treats him like a capable man that you trust can show up for any, anything in the kingdom, right? But also doing it together. King and queen come together to rule the court. And that's what it takes to have a really powerful relationship. Mm, yeah, so good. And, and, and ladies, if, if you, cause I know I had a, I'm thinking of a specific client that I had in my last group and she had that, you know, she's fiery. So she like had trouble controlling that when it came out yeah. and she would get into these, you know, big fights with, with her man. And, um, and it's, it's just knowing this guys. Okay. It's practice. It's really you're yep. flexing a muscle. Like when you do say, you'll feel, you know what it feels like. You'll feel when that energy starts to rise and, and you know what's going to happen if you let it go all the way up and out. Sure. So in, yeah, in yeah. that moment being like, oh, here's that moment. Remember what Alexi said? Okay, I'm going to take 20 minutes. I'm going to take 20 minutes. I need to breathe so I can come back, you know, conscious. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's a practice. It's a muscle. I've been flexing that muscle. You know, I'm really flexing yeah. it right now. I'm in the midst of flexing that muscle. And, and that's, you know, it's not maybe the first, you're, you know, you're only human. There's going to be times where it starts to come out and then you're like, okay, wait, it's coming out. And then, okay, let me step away now. Cause I don't want this because yeah. And even yeah. acknowledging in the moment, if, if you are like full takeover of your system and you're like, because we have those moments when we're, we're saying the thing we know we shouldn't say, or we've yes. raised our voice when we know we shouldn't, right? 
we have those moments and we're like, oh God, I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing, right? <laughs> we're kind of looking at ourselves from out here. I'm doing the thing. Stop doing the thing. And you just keep doing it. That's when you go, you know what? And maybe you give yourself, give your body a signal as a trigger, like put your hands up and say, you know what? I'm completely not in my right mind right now. I need a moment because yeah. this is not how I want to communicate with you. And my bad for, for doing that. I'm really sorry. I'm going to come back in 20 minutes because I respect us too much to let this go on any, on any further. So I need a reset. And even just like, even having a safe word with your partner, mm-hmm. that helps. But Preston and I do the hands up where it's like, whoa, yeah. like it's literally open up the body, open up the heart. And we know that's a signal. Even if the brain can't put the ego aside enough to say the thing, it's like, okay, he put his hands up. He knows he's getting out of control. Now's the time that I can see that he's being conscious. I can be conscious. We can reset together. So even having like a safe word, a safe body motion, something to trigger that, okay, we're going to reset this here. Mm, Yeah. I like that. I like what you said about respecting, like I respect us too much because a man, like a man will really hear that too. They'll be like, okay, got it. You know, she wants to respect us. So she needs to step away. And, um, there's some, Oh, there's a little question that I like to ask myself, which, um, I want to share with the listeners and I wonder if you have something similar, but I will ask myself, would I rather be right? Cause I have a, I have a self-righteous little, you know, shadow. She just wants to be right all the time, you know? So like when I write on this call together, cause I get it. <laughs> so I'm like right yeah. there with you. So it's asking yourself, and by the way, this goes for any relationship in your life that means something to you is yeah. would I rather be right right now about this or would I rather restore and have intimacy with this yeah. person? What, what yeah. which is, which is more important intimacy with this person, love, intimacy, trust, or being right. You know what I'm saying? Because, and the thing is, is you could lose, like I, I, you could lose intimacy for days. If you say something so damaging that you can't take back, right? You can't take it back once you've said it and you say something so damaging, it can linger in that other person's body for days, for weeks, years, for for years, (laughs) decades. Like, like hear it from me. I do somatic trauma release with people who heard one thing from a mom, from a dad, from an ex-husband, an ex-partner. That one thing has created a trauma response in their body of shutdown, um, defensiveness, whatever it might be. And we do not realize how powerful our words are. We just, we don't. And words are either weapons or they are, you know, weapons of mass destruction or weapons of mass creation, right? And I do have something similar. I love what you said, by the way, restoring intimacy or righteousness. So good. Um, my thing that I've recently been in, because P and I recently had like probably one of the more difficult times of our lives. You know, we just had twins and like the chaos in our house has been real. We got three kids under three. We're moving from California to Texas. Uh, we've got new shifts in job, just all the things. Coronavirus, Black Lives Matter, like just all the things. All at once. (laughs) So we were just in it for a good period. And one of the things that really got me through was asking myself, like, would I be proud of how I'm showing up in this moment? Like, despite how he's showing up, despite what he's saying, despite what he's doing, like, what am I doing? Because that's the only thing I can control. And and am I acting from a place of my highest, truest self 
or am I in my lower self? Am I in my shadowy parts? And that's been my biggest thing is, can I stay in my light and stay in my highest self despite the darkness? And, and that has been a practice for me that I'm still in. And I, I utilize it not just in my relationship, but even navigating the online space, the political space. Like no matter who I'm talking to that might have a, a different opinion than me, it's like, can I stay in my light? Can I love this person through this conversation? Can I remain in my peace, even though there may seem like there's war out here? And that's, that's been a big practice for me. Mm, that's a good one. I, I say um, being a stand for what I want to see. Um, and, and, and that's being an unconditional stand for your values, you know, for, for who you desire to be out in the world in relationships and yeah. so on. So, um, and, and I, and I also like, so these shadowy parts, this darkness, it's not even, it's, it's not about even resisting it. It's really about like in the moment, like sometimes what I do is like, I'll make a note. I journal a lot. So I'll make a note yeah. if it's something that I feel like, okay. Some things you can just shine light on and be done with it. You can just pass through, but there's some things yeah. that are deeper and you'll feel it and you know that I will literally jot it down so I can journal about it that night or that or the next morning. You know what I mean? And then you're yeah. not you're not resisting that that dark piece. You're actually allowing yourself to go deeper and create the time and space to like ask yourself, what did I make that mean? Why did that affect yeah. me? You know, what story did I make up when that happened? You know, like just start asking totally. yourself like questions. And I do that in my journaling. I get asked a lot what I journal about guys. And this is the kind of stuff I journal about. Like when things happen, mm -hmm. when triggers happen, I actually ask myself, I take myself through questioning and inquiry so that I can arrive at a place of, ah, okay. Yeah. You know, and that's a, that's a powerful it. exercise. Yeah, that's a powerful exercise because so many people and I will say specifically in our industry of personal development and human potential, there's a lot of people that do want to bypass the shadow or on the other side of the extreme, they want to go into it and have the shadow take over and well, I need to express my shadow right now. And then they become a victim of their shadow. Right. Yeah. And I am all for productive ways to integrate our shadow mm -hmm. into our light because I don't think it's either or right it's like the shadow lives with the light it's, it's always it's two sides of the same coin I have the coin in my pocket both sides are there right so how do we integrate that so for instance for me let's say with Preston right things got really heated we're both in our explosive condition tendency show up I'm like okay how can I be in my highest self in this moment but also acknowledge my shadow. Okay, let me come to him, babe. Right now, I really want to make you wrong for this. I want to blame you for this. I want to punish you for X, Y, and Z because I never got X, Y, I, I never felt seen as a child. I'm, mm -hmm. um, I constantly recognize how I always want to be right because I never felt like my feelings were acknowledged. So I keep pounding it home until you acknowledge my point of view. Mm -hmm. But that's not productive. And I respect us enough to find a way forward. And I need to know what you need for me to feel like we can move forward from this because I want that for you. And I also want that for me. So it's a way of integrating it, but still from our highest self because they're, they're always there. My shadow is here with me right now. You know, it's just, I just don't have an opportunity for it to spark and light up. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to become a victim to it and swirl into the shadow, which a lot of people do. And I'm also not going to bypass it and completely ignore it and pretend like it's not there. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so I love the journaling too, because 
for people who don't feel like they have the practice of saying things in the moment or 20 minutes after, and it is a practice, journaling is a phenomenal way. And it's the way that I use to get into the practice of figuring out what is actually trying to take over here. What's trying to win? What's trying to be right? What's trying to be heard? Where am I blaming? Where Where am I accusing and prosecuting? Like finding all of those. And then what's under that? What's another way I can ask for that? You know, like that's powerful. It's, and it's a tool that everybody has access to. Yes. You know what? You just made me think of um, you. uh, So those of you listening, if this is something that you want to take on as a practice, I'm going to have my team put a link in the description for you guys. I have this journaling prompt process. If you're new to journaling, it helps sometimes to have prompts to guide you. I'm going to have, make sure my team drops that video in there to support you guys. And so something that I, I want to say too, um, that you, you were touching on, which is really important is, um, Oh shoot. I freaking lost it. I hate when that happens. I was like, Oh, I got to remember no this. You said, you said something, um, about, uh, um, Oh, mother trucker. You guys, what's so funny is I don't even, I, I don't edit out these moments. I'm like, I want you guys to see it. the real, that this stuff happens. Like this is the real oh, yeah. stuff, you know? Um, okay. Okay. So, so I remember. So with shadows, like what, what have you, I'm just going to share something from mine. Okay. I'm going to share a, 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 this is another vulnerable share. And I don't, I don't think I've shared it this, this way with, with my audience yet is I have this shadow from my childhood, you actually reminded me of it because you were sharing a little bit, is I had this shadow of not being included, of being left out, of being the oddball out, of feeling like I don't matter, like I'm, nobody sees me, nobody hears me, nobody listens to me. I used to eat lunch in the girl's bathroom stall. Like I, I, I just, I felt so disregarded. And so with, with Gerard, it's funny because he, He's super expressive and super outgoing. And he's always been this way, right? He's, he's like, very, yeah. like, you know, he says something, people listen. He starts yeah. doing something, people follow that. You know, he's very yeah. like outgoing and all this stuff. And sometimes like I found myself and I'm like, he triggers that part of me because it's like, oh, I feel, I, I need to feel included. Like I need to feel, you know, not disregarded. Like I need to feel like I matter. And so yeah. it's like, a, what's interesting is when we're in relationship with people, we start to say, oh, they need to complete us, right? So we're 50% and, uh, you know, people always say, that's my other half. No. Right. You know, no, 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 no. no. You get to be full <laughs> on your own. But it's easy yes. to, to write. You start to lean on that person of like, oh, I need that. I need that person to do this so that yeah. I feel this. When yeah. really. I need them to change. In yeah. order for me to feel safe. <laughs> yes. I need them to do something, to change something. And that yeah. is a, a dependency that's then taking away half of your power and saying that you aren't able to create that on your own. So what's been really interesting for me is being with a man who's so out there, so expressive. And so, you know, it's like, okay, that, how can that let me feel called to a higher game in the way that I express yeah. in the way that I, I am, you know, regarding myself. Cause I don't need him yeah. to regard me. I need to regard myself. And I didn't do that growing up. So, so again, you know, reflecting the parts of me that I'm yeah. like, Oh, Hey, look, I haven't thought about that since, you know, high school. I get to look right. at that now. And I get to actually, this is my opportunity and he supports me. He knows that of that's course. my shadow because I've communicated yeah. it to him, right? Yeah. But it's not his responsibility to fix that, that in me. 
that. That's massive. And again, that goes back to this idea where people are like, oh, I just haven't found the right partner. And granted, there are people who are more suited for yeah. us than not. But, and I forget, there's a psychologist who said this, but everybody is incompatible. Everybody. If you're a human being, you're incompatible with every other human being because we all have these internal worlds that are so massive and there's so many deep, dark caverns and we'll never be a perfect fit for anybody. So yes, your current partner may not be the best fit for you, right? But this idea of like your soulmate and your twin flame and the one person who's going to be the best relationship ever because they're your soulmate is BS. And, and I love that you said that because that's been a huge part of my journey too. Obviously, my husband is very gregarious yeah. and very big and very like, oh, he takes up a lot of space. And I was always the person like, don't take up a lot of space. Yes. You don't, don't like stand out. Don't, you don't want to like make anybody else feel bad because yes. anytime you took up space, you were punished for it, you know? And of course I attract my husband <laughs> who takes up a lot of space. <laughs> right? So I get to work on that and not blame him, which I did early in our relationship. Yeah. I totally looked at him. I was like, hey, could you calm down your energy a little bit? So I have room to like, step in and feel safe to be seen but it's not his job it's my job to rise to the occasion to the invitation that he is unconsciously giving me just based off who he's being and he's got that for me too right i've got a whole set of triggers for him that just in my way of being nothing i'm putting on or turning off it's just who i am innately triggers the crap out of his childhood insecurities and in the beginning he wanted me to change but we both get now that it is the invitation, not an order, right? It's not like you need, it's the invitation. Hey, wow. Okay. This is triggering me. I get to do this work within me. So yeah. I love that you brought that up. It's so huge. Yeah. And, and I think I, and I, this is something that I'm speaking to really my past self here that you, you when you were talking about that, uh, and like, okay, I don't know if this person, this person may not be the one for you, but you know, there, you could be in a relationship where actually they're just mirroring back to you things that you get to heal. Like the question of which one is it is, is he not meant for me? You know, is this not a good relationship for me or is this a good relationship? Because it's actually calling me, it's calling me to rise. Um, yeah. and I, I was in that position. You, you and I both know who my ex is. Yeah. And I was in that yeah. position where I was like, I seriously didn't know. I was like, I, yeah. I did not, I, I, and I felt like, I wonder if anyone listening can relate to this, just like drop a comment, DM. I, I'm really curious where it's like, you're in this middle kind of, do I stay? Do I go? What's yeah. right? What's real? What's, you know, mm -hmm. what, and, and something that I found out through that, which was so powerful because I was in that place for a long time and I didn't know when to draw the line. I would say, I didn't know sure. when, what that even was. And after that relationship, I got so crystal clear more than I'd ever been about my true core values. Like I'm talking like I, I went in, I went in on what really, really are my non-negotiables, my boundaries, yep. because I was like yep. almost waiting for him to show me what those boundaries were. And that doesn't work. Yeah. So ladies, yeah. if, if you're in that position where you're kind of like teeter tottering, I'm, I'm going to let Alexi say what she would say, but I'm just going to say, get super clear on your core values, crystal clear. And don't, yeah. doesn't, don't ask what other people's are like, really ask yourself, like what really yeah. is your core values and what are your non-negotiables? Like what is something that is an absolute 
hard no. Like get clear, like what is an absolute must or an absolute hard no? Like your, your, your lines in the sand and that will support you in making the decision um, whether to date someone or whether to leave someone that you're with is what I'd say. What, what, would, what would you add to that, Alexia, on your side? Yeah. Well, I've been in a similar position, actually. The guy I was dating prior to meeting Preston was incredible, still is an incredible person. He was literally on paper, like dream guy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Everyone's like, you're crazy. If you don't marry this guy, I'm going to marry this guy. He was perfect. But there was something that was like not landing for me and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I did this very exercise. I said, okay, what do I value the most in the world? I found my three things. And what I realized is he didn't value growth and learning like I did. He, he liked it. He was inspired by the growth and learning I was taking on and he was open to receiving it, but it wasn't like a part of his life without my initiation. Mm. Right. And that's what I got. I'm like, Oh, that's what I'm missing. And when I met Preston, it was like instant, I'm like, Oh, there it is. That's, that's what I want. So that's number one. Number two, boundaries for sure. Like what are my non-negotiables? What needs to be met? But what I recognize is my number three, and, and it's really, really come through this relationship with Preston, is the ability to commit to your personal deepest growth. Mm. Like, so growth and learning is one thing to better yourself as a person, to be more successful, to have more tools, to yada, yada, yada. But like, are you actually committed to discovering and uncovering the truest, most authentic version of you? Because if you are, I know that you'll get that relationship is the most powerful mirror for that, mm. right? And so that to me, as much as Preston and I bump heads, and we bump heads a lot, right? Because we're both very strong personalities. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yes. And everyone's incompatible. So in the ways in which you're incompatible are going to have friction in your relationship. But what I love about those times of friction is that we're both committed to being our best selves. So even if he does some crazy wild stuff and like says things he shouldn't have said and, and gets in the car and drives away and I don't hear from him from him for 24 hours, even if he does that, I know at some point it's going to click in. Preston, you want to be the best husband and man that you can be. Go back, rectify this. And he knows the same with me. No matter how wild I'm going to get and do all this, he knows that the bottom line for me, regardless of if it's Preston or anybody else, is I'm committed to my deepest exploration, my deepest, truest expression of who I am. And I get, I get that Preston's my greatest mirror for that. He's my greatest opportunity for that. Now, I also have opportunity for that in parenting, in friendships, and other relationships, but an intimate partnership and also business partnership at the same time, oh my God, it's like the best personal development workshop you could ever Step oh, into. 100%. Ever. The best. <laughs> Ever. The best. And, and, and especially, I love that you said, I actually got chills when you were talking about that because it's really what I'm hearing you say, it's, it's that deep devotion and that, com yeah. that commitment, that deep devotion to ourselves, like to myself and to himself of, yeah. I, and, I, and it's so funny because I, I literally say that when I, I write in my journal and I say, like, I'm committed to being a queen. I'm committed to being the best version of myself because yeah. sometimes I can step into my princess and be a diva. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it happens. Okay. I'm like, yeah. no, but, yeah. but I'm like I, know, like, I know better and I know that doesn't work. And I know that I'm committed to being a queen. I know that I'm committed yeah. to being the best, best, best possible version. 
for me, not for him, yes. although it is for yes. us and for him too, that's the yeah. benefit on the sides, but for me, I'm committed to that for me. And that's super important because yes. sometimes you'll step into relationships where um, one of that's, by the way, a, a non-negotiable for me, what you said is, is that that person is, is committed to the work and in the work uh, yes. and committed to growing themselves always. And what you'll find is sometimes if you're that way, you're listening and you might be with or attract in someone who, where you're actually, they, they end up wanting to do that stuff, but they're doing it for you. They're not doing it for themselves. They're doing it because you want them to. And it's, yeah. a, it's a very big difference. Like, as you know, when we want something, truly want something from deep within, we will put all of our resources, we will put all of our energy into it and it will happen. If someone's doing it for someone else, that's conditional, that's surface, and it yep. typically doesn't work. So, and, and when, when shit hits the fan, they're not going to go to that they're, yes. they're going to be mad at you. They're going to be resentful for you. So they're going to say, Oh, screw it. I'm not going to finish up that course I signed up for because I'm yeah, only yeah. doing that for you anyway. Yeah. Right. So Thank like, you. and I, I want to say this too, because I have a, a dear friend who's also a client of mine who is in this predicament as we speak. And I think a lot of women can relate to this. It's like, okay, I found this guy. He's amazing. We've had all these great memories together. He hits all my values, but there's a couple needs that aren't being met. Do I stay? Do I go? And she's been in a real predicament with this because they're in a committed relationship and they're very invested. They've got all the things together. So it would be a lot for her to leave. And the thing I say to her that I'll say to any client is I am a stand for love. I am a stand for like doing the work. I'm a stand for showing up and leaning in because that's where the magic is. However, if your partner is unwilling to meet your needs and to lean in, that's an issue. Mm -hmm. And it may not be immediate. It may not be like right after a fight, they're leaning in, baby, I want to make this work. Maybe it takes a couple days. You know, we all need time sometimes. But if they're ultimately big vision, not leaning in and going, you know what? I'm here. I want to work on this. What do you need? How can I meet that? If they're not in some way or shape saying that or doing that or being that, that is not a relationship. Yeah. That is a one-sided imaginary relationship happening in your mind where you're acquiescing and bending over backwards and doing all the things to be what you need to be for this person, but you don't have somebody leaning in for you. And that is the point of relationship. So if you don't have that, you do not have a relationship and that's when it's time to move on. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so, so good. And I bet you that helped a lot of listeners. I can already imagine. And it's not about like, you know, a man doesn't have to read your mind. Well, A, he can't. That's not possible. Right. <laughs> like, it's not possible. A lot of women just did, really, be, like, 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 let's be real women. Like a lot of us, like we really do expect the man to read our minds. Not going to happen. For sure. <laughs> and even if he did, he'd be really confused. He'd be like, yeah, wait, yeah, you want me to do true. this, but you don't want me to do this. Like, so yeah, we don't want him to read our minds. <laughs> yeah, forget that. But yeah. so it's like we get to communicate directly. A lot of women don't communicate. We communicate indirectly. We're kind of passive. Yeah. We kind of hit, we throw hints, you know, we're kind of like, Ugh. but we, we, we get to be communicative and be direct. And, um, I've, I don't know about you, Lexi, but I've actually asked straight up and been, you know, point blank, like, 
are you able to, and willing, are you able and willing is like important. So it's like, are you willing? Yes. Are you able? So there's two, there are two different things. Are you willing and able to meet this need? I have this need. Are you willing and able to meet it? Right. And, and just out of pure having a heart to heart conversation with the person, because again, like if you have a need and they're not getting it, it could be because you're not doing a very good job at communicating that need. And how are they to know that you have that need? You're, you may be really professional hinter, but yeah. at the end of the day, the direct Doesn't communication. <laughs> yeah. And Gerard said that to me so many times. Like, I really value your direct communication. Like when you're direct yeah. with me, you're black and white with me. It helps me so much. It really does. Yeah. Like men are really that way. They, they need a woman to communicate directly and not send these subliminal confusing messages. So, yeah. and, and that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. And, and I just want to point out, cause that can be done from love. Like the way you said that was very loving and very like leaning in energy. Don't take that and be like, oh, I need to be direct. So now I'm going to be, you know, fierce yes. with it. And yes. don't do that. But I also want to take this full circle. So in the beginning, we talked about receiving. As I practiced receiving, which essentially is learning to take up space, learning to take up space and like be seen, be held, have somebody pour into me, take up time for someone to pour into me. Oh my gosh. As I learned to do that, what I did was I was building a body that learned how to take up space powerfully and also graciously. Mm. So full circle, how do you get really clear and direct in your relationship, in your asks, in getting your needs met? You have to have a practiced body in standing in your power, taking up space, allowing for the awkward, uncomfortable moments. And standing there and saying, and I'm still here. And until I get the answer that I need to hear, I will comfortably, graciously take up space in my power, asking for what I need, but also in my love and my grace. So it, it's all tied together. And we can't pretend that like deflecting all these comments and, and amazing compliments and help when people, it's directly affecting you standing in your power because it's a woman's biggest thing that I found working with women from all over the world is the inability to take up space and be comfortable with it. Like yeah. to, okay, I'll take up space. But it's like, can you actually like love being there? Mm. Love it. And that's going to affect every aspect of your life from powerful requests with your partner to powerful requests in your business to actually just, you know, walking on stages with 30,000 people, but to also being by yourself and really loving your company. It's all the same thing. Mm, that's a powerful one. I love it. Oh, it's so good. So Alexi, I want to like, I totally want to respect your time too. Cause I know I just looked at the clock. I'm like, holy smokes. How did that happen? That went really right. fast. <laughs> right. Of course. I had a feeling it would with you. Um, there the is, chats, of course, <laughs> if you do have one, there is one last question that I, I ask every guest for this series, as you know, there's a certain amount of women that are in this series, female on fire. And I asked the same question. Can I ask you? Cause I know I'm okay. Great. Cause I know we're like past time and I'm like, Oh shoot. Um, yeah, let's do it girl. Great. Okay. So what is something that you used to, and you may have kind of already brought this up. What is something that you used to hide mute or dim about yourself that you have re activated and reignited on your transformational journey to becoming the female on fire that you are today. 
Um, I mean, there's so many things like it, like the first thing that comes to mind is like everything. <laughs> you know, like I was a different person 10 years ago, like and even 10 years ago, I was in the work, you know, by by I'm 37 now. At 18, I had completed the whole landmark curriculum. I had done Tony Robbins at 16. Like I've been in the work my whole life. And yet, even then, it's been a slow but amazing, beautiful process of just allowing myself to be seen, like the true me, the the things that I've gone through, um, my traumas, uh, my insecurities, the things I'm currently going through, all of that. And I'll, I'll kind of button it together in this idea. I had an idea that if I showed up perfectly controlled and in a way that like I could almost guarantee that that person will like me, I'll get hired for that job. Um, I'll get rehired. You know, I was in the entertainment industry, so I was. It was easy for me to like play a role in order to get respect, jobs, money, friends, all the things. But what I recognize is that level of control was keeping me from me. Like I didn't actually know who I was, and I remember at one point in my early twenties, I'm like. I don't actually know who I am. I've got all the tools. Like I can mindset ninja everybody in my life. I can be really successful. I can make a lot of money, but I don't actually have a relationship with myself because I don't know who I am. And that has been a huge unraveling for me to show up in the public space, completely not controlled, completely not perfect. And even like willingly showing that part of myself and those parts of myself and it's liberating. Like, it's like, it's full liberation, where right? It's like, I just get to be myself. And some people aren't going to vibe with it. And it's all good. And some people will. And I don't care either way, because the win is I get to be me. Right. Yes. And so the answer to the question is everything. <laughs> but, but really, the parts of myself, it's just like my truest, most authentic, express quirky weird everything just whatever is real for me and alive for me and authentic for me in this moment like I feel so free and liberated to talk about it because it's just who I am and like accept it or not like I get to be me and that's the win mm. oh so good because I I love that that was your answer because and that that is what I mean by a female on fire is you are fully expressed like fully expressed and that is magnetic why well, i talk about magnetic confidence a lot magnetic meaning yeah. the word magnetic is really important because it's we're literally attracting and repelling attracting and repelling and we're okay with the repelling part because all the obviously we're all okay with the attracting part but it's about like being okay with like there's gonna be if, yeah. if you're fully expressed different strokes for different folks guys like there's gonna be people who don't agree with you period end of story yes. like you don't need everyone yes. to like you nobody wants to be yeah. no so yeah so I love that you said that because it's such an important piece and it's cool so cool to hear because I see you as so fully expressed and um really activated that way so it's cool to hear that you also were on because I I was that as well and so you were on that journey of like oh you know faking it to make it kind of thing and yeah. faking it to like oh I know how to act so that this, this group accepts, accepts me or this person accepts me. Yeah. Right. Versus like, wait yeah. a minute, I just got to be me. Like I'm going to be me. And that is so, it's exhausting to fake it and be someone else. It's free yes. to be yourself. You said free liberated. Yes. 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 So but you good. know, what's crazy. I'm just going to like, I, I have to say this because I didn't even know I was faking it. Like that's, I yes. just thought that that's what life was. 
I'm like, oh, isn't life just like being a chameleon? I used to like that used to be my like hat that I I'm such a chameleon. I'd be so I said that's so weird. I swear I said the same thing. I swear I said chameleon. I said the same thing. I was proud of it. And I I was so proud. I was like, put me in any room, I can fit in. And it's like, yeah, but who are you? Like, what yeah. do you stand for? What are you defined by? How do you want to express? What is a non like I had no idea. And I just thought that that was normal. And and I see that with so many women, especially in today's world, like social media has made approval a drug. It is a drug. And, and we are all, all of us are addicted on some level just because of social media. The likes and the comments, that yeah, is a dopamine, dopamine hit mm-hmm. going, I like you. I like you. I approve of this. This is great. Oh, a comment too. Oh, I'm going to share it as well. I really approve of you. And our brain's going, okay, more of that. That works. That yeah. works. That works. So can we actually be aware of the drug of approval and, and challenge it, you know, challenge like, you know, the debates were on last night and I have a very specific political stance. I won't even say it's strong. Like I'm not strong this way or strong that way, but I believe in certain things and certain values, right? And it's my responsibility to use my platform to to share that. That's my platform. I can share my values. And every time I do any sort of political post or Black Lives Matter post or anything, I get at least a thousand unfollowed. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, you should stay away from political stuff. And I'm like, no, (laughs) that's that's not the point. The whole point of having a platform is to make a ripple, Mm -hmm. to to be Mm -hmm. myself, right? And so, yeah, so I think we really have to be aware of the drug of approval. And it's hard because it's so woven into the culture. Like, it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. So it, we don't even know that we're faking it. It's just how we do life until one day we wake up and we're like, oh, my God, I didn't even know. Mm. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be a cool challenge, those of you listening. You know, if I don't know if you're listening to this in the morning, the night – today or tomorrow, actually express something that is very true for you, but you fear it may not be true to the people you express it to. I challenge you to do that or express part of yourself that you don't know if those other people that you express it to will accept or like about you. I challenge you to do that because that's a muscle. That's the magnetic confidence muscle. That's how you start becoming magnetic as you start flexing little by little. It can be something small and you build your way up. Like I, I posted a rap me a video of me rapping a Nicki Minaj verse on my Insta <laughs> on my Instagram, and I'm like, I could get a lot of heat for this, you know. Like I yeah. people may not approve of this. They may think like, who is this bitch? But like, <laughs> but I did it anyway. Cause I'm like, you know what? This is a huge part of me. I rap all the time. Like I'm like a rap. Yeah. I'm like an undercover rapper. In my past life, I was probably a rapper. <laughs> So like, but that's a part of me that I'm like, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to express it. And whoever unfollows me and whoever doesn't like it, that's fine because I'm just building a stronger room. You talked about rooms, you know, it's like, I'm building a stronger platform by me expressing. So I encourage you listening uh, right now to, even if it's something little express something that you're afraid to express and see how that feels for you. It will feel so liberating and so freeing. Yes. Yes. And it's actually like, like you said, it's magnetic. It's exciting. Like I, I, if I see one more Instagram page, that's like the million other Instagram pages out there with the same recycled quotes and the same pastel overlays on your photos, like I'm going to vomit on myself, right? (laughs) Like do something different. You were born different. And that's the thing I, you know, because I coach people in business as well and building their brand. And they're like, I'm doing all the things, but it's not working. I haven't had growth. I'm blah, blah, blah. I'm like, 
it's because you're doing the same thing everyone else is doing. And mm. literally, I, and I hate to sound woo woo, but for lack of a better analogy, it's literally as if the universe opens the floodgates the minute you choose to be yourself and goes, I was waiting for you. Like, I've got all this stuff for you, yeah. but you've been over here trying to be so-and-so and this person. And so all this stuff doesn't match that. Like, it, it, it's not for you. The minute you are you, I've got all this for you. This is your dharma. This is your path. Just stay true to you and it will open up in droves. It's crazy, but it's true. Mm, say yes to you. I love it. What a great way to end this podcast. I think that that's so that's so powerful. And when you are able to really unleash, unlock the parts of you you've been hiding, you've been stuffing away, it's true. The universe opens up for you, and all that stuff that's been waiting for you starts to reveal itself. And you're like, oh, here it is. Oh, there here it is. I am. Why does it feel easier? <laughs> crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Alexi, thank you so much. This has been such a cool jam session with you. I will say, I didn't know it was going to go this route. Well, by the way, you guys, when, when behind the scenes, little, little, we, we started out and I was like, Alexi, do you care if I just kind of go with the flow with you? And she's like, oh yeah. Oh no, I love that. And I had a, I had like ideas of like things I would talk with you about. I did not know we were going to go down this route, nor did I plan it, which is the beauty of surrendering to yes. flow and whatever arises. Okay. So I'm so grateful that we had that this happened and I'm so grateful for you sharing your your heart, your wisdom, your gifts on this on this uh, episode today. So thank you so so much Alexi for your time and for coming on and being a part of this series. Yes, thank you for having me. This was awesome. I loved our chat and hopefully those of you listening found some nuggets that are just perfect for you at this time in your life. And I will leave some, I'll leave all of Alexi's things, her website, her handles, or anything else that you want me to include in the show notes for, for the listeners today? Um, the biggest thing is like, I've got a podcast called Unleashed. I unleash on all the things and it's all about unleashing your most extraordinary life. So find me there. I love that platform. Um, I'm all over the interweb, but podcast is my jam right now. Mm, okay. I'll be sure to link that in the show notes as well. Yay. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much, Alexi and have a powerful day, ladies and men who are listening. I hope that you got some value out of this episode. I'm sure that you did take it, put it into action, integrate it. and. I'll see you in the next episode. If this episode spoke to you, and especially if you're a driven, ambitious woman who is ready to dive deep so you can rise up to the next level and become truly unstoppable against any and all obstacles in your way, go to femaleonfire.net now. It is time to reignite that spark inside of you so you can radiate it out those parts of you that have been lying dormant, that you've been hiding, muting, shaming, it's time to reignite that flame inside of you so you are lit up from the inside out, irresistible, magnetic, in command of every room and every situation, and no one ever, ever forgets your name. Go to www.femaleonfire.net. That's femaleonfire.net or click the link in the show notes to learn more. You can also shoot me a DM on Instagram that says FOF for female on fire now. And as always, thank you so much for listening and especially for rating, reviewing, and sharing the episode. You're amazing. I love you. Have a powerful day.